and I'm out of coffee and I'm about to turn into a little bitch. Oh no. <laughs> like out of coffee completely? No, no. I just, I would have to make one. I don't know if I have time. Um, do I have a second to curing it while you guys discuss? Yes. If we do, yeah, I'm sure. curing you too. I'll be like, I'm curing you too. I'll be back. Mark, seriously, I, I don't know if we have the same Keurig machine, but we were literally a photo finish back to our chairs there. That was I just unbelievable. Filmed, I had to fill my water. Did you have to fill your water? Uh, no, my my water is oh. conveniently next to me in my, my bar fridge. Oh, no, I had, Sorry, to, I had to fill my it. Po- my podcast fridge, oh. <laughs> which is, of course, different to my bar fridge. <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. I love it. I swear to God, we just had a dating line phone conversation moment. One of those, no, you say goodbye. No, you say goodbye moments. Because all four of us, while we may, we may be on camera as we record, we're all looking at our phones and it's like, okay, somebody start. And all of us lurched forward. All of us put our arms up in the air and nobody said anything. So I've broken the ice. It's Black Sheep Radio on Friday. Uh, I'm Ben McVie and there's Mark Lefebvre, Chris Brown and Paul Morris joins us every Friday. Good morning, Polly. Good morning, guys. Uh, today we're going to talk about our Mount Rushmore of movie soundtracks. But before we get started on that, I want to talk about what I think is the rock story of the year. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. This has got to be good. Uh, it's May. We're not even halfway through and you're already saying... Well, you story know, of the year or story of the year so far most rock music stories are about the latest album and uh, you know it's just it's basically promotional news but there's never really any story in music anymore unless you know that nobody even get nobody ever gets high and gets arrested anymore axel rose doesn't <laughs> jump into the audience is not picking fights i miss those days me too but today's news story comes from uh, brian may of queen the lead guitarist and the headline is that the lead guitarist has announced that he's been hospitalized after ripping the muscles in his gluteus maximus to shreds. <laughs> after working too furiously in the garden. Oh, <laughs> oh my says, God. Quote, as well as getting overstretched and harassed by too many demands, I managed to rip my gluteus maximus to shreds. <laughs> In a moment of over-enthusiastic gardening. By the way, I'm not making this up. This is a quote. Brian made a lead guitarist for Queen. He says he's in constant pain and he needs help walking. He says, suddenly I find myself in a hospital getting scanned to find out exactly how much I've actually damaged myself. It turns out I did a thorough job. This is a couple of days ago, and I won't be able to walk for a while or sleep without a lot of assistance because the pain is relentless. As I told my wife last night, um, uh, Brian May, the lead guitarist of Queen, ripped his bum muscles gardening. (laughs) Be careful out there today. You know you've officially... uh, You're in that... that, you're in that that category of oh boy, did I ever get old fast here? Yeah. <laughs> like rock, rock, especially it's a rock star thing, right? Yeah. It is a it's a phenomenon that affects only like rock stars and and the likes of rock stars, pro athletes, 
uh, supermodels. It's just, oh boy, age just got me fast. And there is there is no grace at all if you're a rock star <laughs> to, to being taken down by a torn bum muscle as a result of gardening. You know, Ozzy Osbourne riding the ATV and hitting a rock and being tossed overboard and his, his spine is totally destroyed. That's going to happen. That's like that. That's a that's a car accident essentially, and sure enough, he survived. But this is Brian May gardening. Gardening, yeah. What, what kind of gardening are you doing, my friend? I just I, don't, I know it's lifting and twisting and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I hadn't heard, I hadn't thought of that angle. I mean, uh, <laughs> how do you rip your how, how do you r- rip your ass? Gardening. <laughs> That's, there's there's nothing rock and roll about that. There is nothing all. rock and roll. That is the least rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, you picture you know when you know when Dave Grohl broke his leg and he went out and he was on that throne with the cat. That was rock. And like roll. I just picture Brian May on like a squishy pillow, just sitting on a chair. Like, yeah, like a, one of those donuts. <laughs> oh. 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 Okay. Uh, here's here's the litmus test. If you injure yourself as a rock star. In the however you're doing it, if you can do if you can give the horns while you're doing it, you're okay. So in other words, Ozzy could have been too given the horns as he went over the handlebars. But mm. as you're pulling the roots out of the begonias, sorry, yeah. Brian May, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. did not be given the horns while you doing that. Horns up when you're planting a daffodil. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, I was going to say, isn't he rich enough to have people do this stuff for him? I mean, mm. you know, if he's ripping out a, a hedge or a hedgerow or, or something <laughs> like that, you know, hire somebody. You're a very rich man, you know. Yeah, if you're putting in, you know, if you're laying in a, a, a garden of annuals or something like that, is that how are you going to do <sighs> No, it's a green initiative, actually. That's a garden that he is growing for his staff. Ah. Yeah, that, that, see, that feeds the staff. That, that grows the regular garden. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good oh, PSA for, uh, I think, garden centers are opening up today, so this is a good PSA. Garden safely. You never, you never yeah. know. Right. Don't be like Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't do what Brian did. This oh, is Brian. Um, <laughs> so this, this is this, Brian's ass. This is Brian's ass. Don't yes. be Brian's ass. Don't be Brian's ass. <laughs> so th- this this week's list, this week's Rushmore, and it, it just happens. I mean, not every week with Paul is a Rushmore conversation, i.e. the four best of something. But um, this is our second in a row. And this one I found a whole lot easier. Really? Well, no. Like the universe was was bigger. To pick okay. from, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's a lot of great soundtracks out there, but I was able to settle on my four relatively quickly. I didn't cool. struggle with it as much as I did uh, with uh, Frontmen. That's that's all I'm saying. Cool. So Opposite who's, who's starting? For these sure. are these are the movie soundtracks. Does anybody want to say anything about their criteria for a good movie soundtrack, or do you want to just push I, in? I, I don't have criteria. I have I broke mine up into three different categories. Me as well. Uh, uh, one was original music, okay. Uh, one was movies that are, are co- essentially song compilations. You know what I mean? It's like they're songs that have, have selected songs that kind of fit, you know, what the movie's all about. 
I decided because I grew up in a house of musicals, I had to pick a musical, and we had a very great conversation getting ready for this last night. And uh, and those are the three basic things I'm kind of going for. I mean, whatever. It's really easy for me. It's really easy. I could just go with song compilations because there's so many awesome movies that pull music from different artists from different eras into a single picture, and they make it work. So... Here's my my criteria. Here's here's how I thought of it was uh, first of all, I, I, I'm assuming that everybody who's listing a soundtrack, first of all, has seen the movie. Yes. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. 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 So or, or I heard the movie. Here's here's mm-hmm. yeah, here's here's what I ooh, here's what I went. Um, here's what I went by uh, the cast. In other words, how many great artists are assembled on this one soundtrack? So this sort of that all-star factor. Um, is there a signature song on it? And uh, its contribution to the feel of the movie, i.e., how does the music impact the movie as you're watching it? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I like it. I, uh, right, so, I, broke, I broke mine down as well uh, with just because Chris and I had a pretty heated debate about Disney movies yesterday. I had to do an animated movie, and because the the Disney pool is just so deep. I actually decided to step out of the Disney pool and just put that as a category all to itself. Disney movies are all fucking awesome. Lion King, Aladdin, they're all they're all great. I chose a different animated movie. I cool. also chose I, yeah, I also chose a musical score because uh, one of us had mentioned in our chat yesterday about the score of it, and yeah, it's it's obviously a huge part of it. So I didn't yeah. go I didn't go with an obvious choice on that. And then, like Benny said, that is there a song in a movie that really it stands out, and you can remember not only that song when it kicks in into a movie, but you can remember the exact scene that is happening when that song kicks in. So that's how I chose. That's all, that, that it, to me, that's a whole other Rushmore right there. There's songs in their impact in the movie at yeah. the moment, sort of. Yeah. But anyway, okay. Um, uh, so okay, so I'm, I'm going to get started. So my, sure. my soundtracks, the one thing I'll say is my f- soundtracks are from four different decades, four different, very, very different styles. Cool. 40, yeah, okay. So I'll, I'm going to go from, I, I guess I'll go from earliest to most recent, and I'll start uh, with the soundtrack for Easy Rider. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, the Easy Rider soundtrack is just, uh, I mean, if, if I go by my criteria, it first of all, it fits the movie perfectly. Like it, a soundtrack, when, when, when you say like the, the term, the soundtrack of my life sort of thing, it's the music that sort of accompany, accompanies it or captures the moment or the feel of the movie. And I don't think there's a soundtrack that does that any better than that sort of you know that that's when the when the hippie thing and the west coast thing is going full bore and um you know it opening with the pusher is on there and steppenwolf born to be wild when the movie starts that that soundtrack just grabs me by the balls and it, it was a great flick too mm-hmm. um but yeah like every 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 scene has any has everyone seen easy rider or oh yeah seen? No, I've never seen it. it. It's a it's a great film, and just as it goes, it, it's it's about two guys who uh, basically drive across the southern U.S. and they're hippies, and they start in California and they wind up in redneck Louisiana, Florida. It's very they they're on a commune, like it is literally 
hippieism at its best cool. and you're watching it sort of thing the, the in the music just every every scene in the movie is accompanied by a song that just has that feel to it and yeah yeah and a, and a movie that comes to a very abrupt ending as well too a very strange ending that just yeah you do not see it coming and it just yeah it's it's a great fit it, aside from the soundtrack it, it is a fantastic film the soundtrack really makes that movie though uh, so easy riders going on my mount rushmore that's great right. yeah that's a great one all right i'll throw i'll throw in my uh, my first um sweet and uh, I'm, I'm just going back to the whole when that song kicks in and the song, I can remember the scene perfectly. Um, and I think I think that's important that a song that a song stands out, but that the, sound, the 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 moment when that comes in, the scene and everything that's going on matches just how fucking cool the song is. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll bring you to uh, Ram Jam's Black Betty and the way that song kicks in when Johnny Depp is walking through the airport in the movie Blow and he's got his first huge bag of coke that he's trying to get through, and he is walking in perfect beat to bam. And you just see him in his suit and he looks fucking cool and he's got his glasses and his long hair and it's just Johnny Depp at his best and uh, a great a great tune as well. The overall soundtrack is good because it's it's one of those movies that kind of takes place over, uh, you know, what I mean, a decade or two. So you get a good uh, a good fill of music. But just that song just steps steps right out and just like you said, like, like Benny said, grabs you by the balls and uh, sucks so you Mark- Johnny's world. <laughs> I, I've never seen the movie, but I know oh. I know of the soundtrack. And people have told me and tell me if I'm wrong, uh, or you or tell me where does "Can't You Hear Me Knocking" by the Stones come in during that movie? Oh, oh yeah, that's it, it Polly. It's so weird. You should mention that because I've seen yeah. the movie, and I'm thinking about the soundtrack, and that's the scene, and that's the song that I just. Yeah. Uh, and, and listen, I didn't mean to put you on the spot if you can't great. remember. I I know what it's like because as I was kind of going through these things, I. I kind of started with, you know, I, movies and soundtracks that come to mind immediately. And then you look at the songs that are in it, and then you try to recall where they, what role they played in the movie. And I, sometimes the details are lost. It's the overall feel that the soundtrack provides to, you know, the storyline in there. And so if I caught you off guard, I didn't mean to, no, but I've never okay. seen Blow before. I'm literally looking. I'm trying to find it right now. Like what scene that comes in at it? It's it's such a good movie. And if you haven't seen the movie Blow, like you just it's one of those you got to watch it. It's the Scarface of you know I mean maybe this generation uh, and Johnny sure. Depp. Like Johnny Depp just at his absolute best. So, yeah. yeah. If if right if any if, if if anybody jumped into Johnny Depp's career uh, during the whole pirates of the caribbean era you know it's yeah, it, it yeah, does really it does well shit. yeah it does well to go back to blow to see like how he got there in the first place yeah because blow is probably one of the best performances he's ever done it's Absolutely. a great yeah it, it is a good flick it's a good soundtrack dave DeRocco, actually our buddy rocky uh Pauly, between you and i uh he he had that on on his list on yeah. uh, dave was one of the ones For who sure. responded on facebook and he had uh, blow down i thought yeah that is a pretty good soundtrack that's this is the other cool part is when you ask questions like this especially like on social media there are so many things that you you read what people put down or put down in our our comments and go oh geez yeah that one that was really good i've got Uh, one actually i'll I'll hit it in a little bit and it's i was actually fucking ashamed of myself for not thinking of it i mean my buddy were talking about this last night mm. like, tell me another one and he fired off like eight and then i was like how did we both forget this fucking one? So yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, we're just coming up with a list of four each. Yeah, there's easily a top ten list here. So bad. Easy. Yeah, this is this is really difficult. I can go next if you want. Go uh, for just it. just on the just on the subject of talking, like the refreshing aspect of talking about uh, Rushmore's. It's just really nice to be able to argue about something that doesn't involve politics and doesn't get people like mad. You know, and just <laughs> amen to something that, buddy. that's like it's just so. It, I love it. I, it's, amen to it's that. It's a Chris. spirited conversation and a respectful conversation about things that we're all passionate about but we're not like you know ready to kill each other over yeah, okay like so shout on me yesterday because of baseball <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. baseball the baseball thing is yeah that was fun that was, like that was a good debate though yeah sports right. is or, or, a different or, thing though sports is sports can get can get like politics it can get into that realm right like like you sure know, there's um, there's no danger in a conversation like one where two grown men over, argue over fucking <laughs> Disney movies. But go ahead. What were we Fair saying? enough. <laughs> All right. You know. Okay. Let's let's just let's just start there because this is my, I'm I still might change mine on the fly here because this is this has been really difficult for me. I'm kind of a movie nerd and I love music as well. So, anyways, this one there was no debating about it. I, you got to put a Disney movie on there. At least I felt like I needed to. It's just such a such an essential part to my childhood. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people's childhood. If you have kids there, you know you, you're watching them all the time. Uh, I I threw The Lion King up there. Um, you know, there's <laughs> what, no. What was that sound, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> Through my headphones in fury. <laughs> <laughs> so it's there's really I, I, I okay so so. I think that you could there's there's a lot of there's a lot of new entries to the Disney catalog that are certainly good um, but I do think that when in the spirit of a Rushmore if we're gonna go into fat like I go into a into Rushmore is kind of like a founding father's sort of vibe to it okay. um, and I would say that the Lion King definitely established uh, a certain quality level of soundtracks I mean you have circle lot can you feel the love tonight? Hakuna Matata. These are all these are all songs that they fit into the theme of the movie uh, flawlessly, but they've also exist outside of the movie on their own as a great song. Um, and it's just again, like maybe maybe it's a nostalgia thing that that it's it's just a movie that I've seen over and over and over and over again. Um, I know with music sometimes you can hate a song until you listen to it a hundred times and then love it. I don't know that that's the case with Circle of Life. I think that's kind of a universally beloved song. But if if I'm going to pick any of them, um, I, I it, it it seemed natural to go with The Lion King just because of how many songs on there kind of exist on their own outside of the movie itself. Then you got the musical. I mean, I, I I'm sure. That the the Lion King musical specifically when it was when it was circulating I don't know it probably still is to be honest but you know that that was one of the most successful um, film to stage transitions I think ever and, and and I think it's done largely on the back of the musical soundtrack that um, that if know. I can just interject really quick that was that was one of those um, and not to say that that's wrong for you like I was talking about my criteria sort of thing I tried to leave the nostalgia part out of mine because there's a couple of soundtracks maybe when we get the honorable mentions act after that I'm going to mention that where it's like yeah I just remember where I was in my life and I love that movie 
movie at the mm-hmm. same time. So the the soundtrack emotes that sort of good feeling because mm-hmm. I've definitely got a couple of those. So there's a, there's a I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is while I'm not a I'm not a huge Disney fan and I'm not a huge fan of the music on the album but i can see where you're coming from and i'm not saying it's it's not a good movie or not a good album that, that that's all i'm saying it's the mm. the nostalgia thing i i see your point where it's sort of it, that it, it has a good feeling to it right it could it could be that like I, I i don't think that i'm i'm banking on nostalgia to make this pick but like i could see that being an influencing factor mm-hmm. just because of yeah. how many times it's like well chris was it's six, chris like was conditioning six came out like he had a jonathan <laughs> taylor thomas poster on as well so uh, that's why I like fucking Lion King so much for sure <laughs> yeah, we, all knew, we all knew James Earl Jones as Darth Vader he knows him as Mufasa so pa- pa- Paulie's Paulie's kids probably bumped into Chris in line to go see the Lion King <laughs> <laughs> Who am I kidding? My kids did too. <laughs> hey, that's a great pick. I mean, last night I called it the uh, holy triumvirate of Disney movies. It's it, it was at a time when Disney was just like, you know, my the, the old movies. You know, was uh, you know it was uh, I can't remember all the old Disney titles. So it's like, you know, Disney at that time was like, hey, we need to really reboot our movie, our animated movie division. And so the first one was The Little Mermaid. Then they upped their game and they did Beauty and the Beast. But, you know, they were on a roll there. And then they decided, you know, we got to go one step further. And they, they got together with Elton John and Tim Rice and had them, you know, commissioned them to write the key songs for the Lion King and the rest is history as you guys have put it out. I forgot about that adaptation to the stage and I saw Lion King and it was it brought it to a completely different level. Me too. It was was no longer the Jonathan, you know, Taylor Thomas type of cute type of thing. It was larger than life. The other thing that should be said is the African rhythms and stuff like that. The music, the movie score and the stage presentation were really of course, I've never been to Africa. I don't know what's really, truly authentic, but I had that feeling when I was watching it. So great I never day. saw that musical, and I'm not a musical fan at all, but that one is, is I, w- I would pay money to go see that, it just for the, for the production, than, for the stage production. Way better production. than I expected. Way, yeah. way better than I expected. So. Yeah, right on. Okay, so Chris, you're throwing Lion King in. Paul, that puts you up. Uh, I'm going to save my musical for the end of the show here. Uh, this one I want to talk about original music. And, you know, there are not as many uh, movies out there where it was music made for a movie. Mm. And I'm picking Purple Rain by Prince. Nice. Uh, strangely enough, as I did some homework on this whole thing, uh, I, even though the movie is based on his life for the most part, he didn't write the movie. Other people wrote and put the whole thing together. He, of course, is responsible for the soundtrack. And that's where the key is. When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy, Take Me With You, I Would Die For You. And the key song, of course, is Purple Rain at the end of the movie where, you know, um, yeah, that's a great moment in the movie. Uh, Also, but not on the soundtrack. And I'm just going to be quick with Purple Rain here. Um, Purple Rain was a vehicle for Prince. It was a Prince album. No, the movie came out and the album was accompanying it, but missing off the record, typical of a lot of soundtracks, are some of the other songs that are in the movie. And missing from the soundtrack are the songs done by Morris Day and The Time, and they are just 
the fun, most fun, top shelf songs ever. Jungle, Jungle Love. Jungle Love <laughs> and the Bird Dance or whatever it's called. It just, I just, you know, it makes me laugh and smile. And they are such great moments in the movie, not in a soundtrack, but you can't touch this one. It's one of the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. Polly, Sirius just put out the Prince channel. Yeah. And I remembered this the other day and tuned in for the first time and they were just launching in to take me with you. Yeah. I, I actually put this on my Facebook page, like on oh, my own the other day. Song. It song. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, I had, I'd forgotten about the song and I bet you I have, I, I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm a little scared. I bet you I've listened to that song 30 times in the last few days i i it's it it is just it is so ingrained i hear it when i'm not even thinking of music it's playing in my head right now it's such a good song and that's such a great album yeah it's such a it's a great record all the way through darling nikki's on that record yeah man Uh, i mean that's just that's good old that's good old good old prince being really perverted and twisted but that's what i love about him he, he sings from the heart everything is really heartfelt in that movie it's really genuine even though from a script point of view it's not a good movie <laughs> it's just not a good movie <laughs> okay you said it uh, i've i've never seen i've never seen the film Okay, so it it kind of runs on a parallel and i've never seen either film but uh while well, it, it's like it, it's kind of it has that eight mile sort of feel where yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's it's a life story sort That's of thing a good movie too, by the way <laughs> it, it, it's it, yeah, okay yeah. so is that a good is eight mile a good movie or is it like a purple rain where it's a beloved artist and a, and a great album but the movie's kind of yeah, that's probably leading yep. more towards what it actually is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, yeah. you're captivated because it, very similar, maybe to Bohemian Rhapsody. Was it a good movie, or was it that just mm. you know what I mean? It's Freddie Mercury and it's Queen, and it's got the the Live Aid thing at the end. So yeah, there's. I, I hear you on that one. I don't know if it was a good movie, but it was entertaining. So mm. okay. Uh, Guys, uh, into the 70s we go, and my next soundtrack is really the soundtrack of an entire musical era and decade, Saturday Night Fever. Nice. Is my next soundtrack that I'm putting in. Uh, I I make no bones about it. I love disco music. I think it's fantastic. And this, this album features not just the Bee Gees, who are the quintessential disco artist, um, and the movie was, again, very much like Easy Rider, sort of captured a generation for sure. Um, but I mean, look at the cast that's assembled here because you're not just talking about the Bee Gees. You're talking about Walter Murphy and Cool and the Gang and the Tramps and a whole bunch of really good disco artists that are on there. In terms of a, sig- a signature song, which was another big one for me, my daughter and I have a tradition dating back to as far as she can remember that whenever we're driving up north, her and I are together. Jive Talkin' is the song that we put on together, and we even do the hand claps <laughs> at the end together, as, uh, as and, and Jive Talkin' comes on. So that maybe there is that nostalgia factor there for me, a little mm-hmm. bit. But that's a, it's such a good album. Like start to finish, it's, it's just a great album. And if, you're, if you like disco music, uh, how can you beat this album? It, it, mm. it, it is, it's great. 
It's one of the biggest movie soundtracks of all time, quite frankly, and you nailed it. It's, you know, I used to hate disco. I was of that. I was a rocker in the 70s. I was a rocker in the disco. But, you know, as I as my taste got more, and when that record came out, I hated it. I hated the Bee Gees. I hated people who went to discos. I just hate, hate, hate. The only thing I loved was uh, Burn Baby Burn. I think I was, but as I got older, I got a, a different appreciation. I heard the R&B side of disco. What I hated was that in that time, you have to understand that everybody was making a disco record. Your mom made disco records. Kiss. It's, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's t- no, not, not, not even talking about bands that, you know, rock bands that did it. You know, Alice Cooper and Kiss did their disco takes. But just like, it just, some of it was just so, so really bad. But this is really, you know, that's top shelf stuff. Mm. Yeah, but Saturday yeah, like, Fever. More than a woman. Listen to the string arrangements in that song. Yeah. And I mean, it's 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 just damn good music. And yeah, you know what? Actually, it's funny you should mention this because Purple Rain came out in the midst of Michael Jackson and Madonna and Prince and all that pop stuff. And I was being a rebellious kid at the time and I hated that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. But now, I mean, listen to me and, and very much like disco, too. I love disco music now. Didn't like it then. Didn't mm-hmm. like the Michael Jackson Prince stuff back then. Absolutely adore it now. Can't get enough of it. So, yeah, sure. you definitely grow into some of this stuff for sure. So Saturday Night Fever, guys, my number uh, my number two. Strong. That's a strong pick for sure. Yeah. Jeez, there is absolutely is no conflict. It is. Yeah, there's yeah. no conflict uh, other than other than lions and genies here. We really have no conflict, guys. We're <laughs> oh, we're knocking it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, like I feel I feel like if we if we got into a top ten, there would be a little bit more room for debate. But there's so many good movies and so many good movie soundtracks mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. we should be able to fill out whatever twelve, you know, um, sixteen. I guess. Sorry, it's early. Um, yeah, so so I also separated my soundtracks into categories, um, and this category is the musical score category because we talked about this earlier, and <laughs> and uh, we, we wanted. I just wanted to clear it because there. I had somebody um, on my personal Facebook page saying it doesn't count because it's a score. Anyways, Star Wars. Yes. I don't know. I don't know that there's any musical score that's as iconic as Star Wars. I think some of it might have to do with the fact that there's so many movies and they replay the song so many times over the length of the of the series that they get so much play and they, and and Star Wars is has crossed spanned three generations not I don't know three de- three decades at least um, for their movies so it's all it's been an ever present um, uh, it's 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 always it's always been around, um, but that being said, I mean uh, the main title, the Imperial Tack, uh, the Cantina Band songs. Uh, not only do they have like perfect synergy within the film itself, it adds a lot of depth to what you're watching. Um, but I, like, they've 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 definitely stood the test of time, which I think is interesting considering it's it's been such a long. Um, it's been such a long reign for Star for Star Wars, uh, and and personally, just as a film geek myself, I've never I've never heard a song that's made me feel the same way as the Star Wars main title uh, song does. You know, like when you sit down in the theater 
I, I try to make a point to see the Star Wars movies in the theater when I can because it's a completely different experience. But when you sit down and you hear that main theme and, and, and the, 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 the opening crawl, the text crawl starts, there's something that happens. I, I don't care if it's, it ends up being a shitty movie, but that, that song specifically, I can hear it, I can hear it when I'm driving to work, when I'm driving to the grocery store and it still gives me chills now. I, and I don't know why that is, but it, it's, it's just made it a lock for my, for my I like that. for sure. Gives me chills. Oh, I yeah. went to I went to one of the movie premieres. Um, line. It was a midnight showing. Got there an hour and a half early. I'm in line with all these people dressed up as all the Star Wars characters. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. And you get into the theater, and there's nothing like going to a theater where it is packed with fans of a movie. Mm-hmm. It's a great experience. You can't do that at home on a, on a beautiful television screen. You just can't. But what you're talking about is true. There's that moment. What is the first graph that comes up uh, in a gal- in a yep. galaxy far, far yeah. away or something like that? And then there's this pause and then boom, that yeah. first yeah. note. And it's just like, you know, there's that rush that you get. It is so great. It's, John, get- uh, it's John Williams, by the way. And I, I want to throw this little bit of trivial thing is they were talking about him doing those scores and it's the usual things that a composer would do. But here's the... F- Here's the fun fact: He has never seen a Star Wars movie. He's composed. He has composed the music for all of those movies, and he's never watched a Star. Wow! <laughs> Can you believe? Not even the first one. You know, it's just the one, the landmark movie. It's just like, really? <laughs> That's insane. Two things. Wow, two this. things I'll offer up on Star Wars. One, I'll date myself. I remember when the movie came out. I was in the theater with my dad. So I remember the first time I heard that music and saw those opening credits that that crawl, the text crawl has yeah. is is parodied. It is such a legendary yep. thing that started right there. But yeah, that music that, that was to me that was uh, and I mean what? I'm I think I'm 6 at that point. It came out in 77, right? 79 uh yeah, 77. So, yeah. 70, 70, so I'm 6 years old. I mean, I'm 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 in the Star Wars wheelhouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that that blew my mind. And and two uh, the the music from Star Wars. I, I can't think of another movie score that uh, it plays in the back of my mind as I'm watching things happen. So, for example, uh, when I watch something take off in slow motion, like a kid jumping his bike off a ramp, I hear dun, 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 I hear it every time. As it did all when if my wife's pissed and walking towards me, the Imperial March is, is definitely playing. It's playing. It's playing in the back of my head. <laughs> when I when I was first getting started in Hamilton, driving in, uh, my first job was was at Bell, and I had to take the uh, the Burlington Skyway into the city, and I would play um, the Imperial Death March song <laughs> as I was crossing, but not because I didn't like Hamilton, but just because it's felt fitting when you see the smokestacks coming in. Do you know what I mean? There's something there's something imperial about that. <laughs> yeah, this was a hard. This was a really hard. Hard one to pick one score though there's so, so many hard. good ones out yeah. there i think i think mark has uh a, you said you have a score on yours too so i don't want to i don't want to say my my runners up but yeah. uh there were a lot of them let's yeah, just okay. say, say that yeah and i'll keep the theme going like i knew that star wars was cool. going to be taken because um it's, it's star wars i think that uh, it, indiana jones would be up there uh, yeah, along so with good. star wars in terms of just that 
You know so what I mean? Good. Anytime I do anything that's even mildly heroic, like carrying groceries from the car <laughs> to the house, I'm like, dun, 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 dun. then I reach back and grab the fucking butter that I dropped or whatever. Uh, but I actually didn't, uh, didn't choose that. This is the one that I had said to my buddy yesterday. Uh, you know I mean? Hey, write me off some movies that have great uh, soundtrack. And we never came up with this, even though it is my favorite movie that has ever been made. All three of them. Uh, I went with back to the future. Um, oh, that's strong. Wow. Huey Lewis Ooh. with Power of Love. Huey Lewis with Back in Time. Marvin Berry and the Starlighters with Earth Angel. I don't know if you know, but he's Chuck Berry's cousin. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, Marty McFly at the end with uh, his spot-on rendition of Johnny B. Good. Kicking wow. Over, kicking over the amp. Uh, anytime I'm trying to reach for something and I'm just out of reach, I do the dun-dun-dun. Because they're trying, you know I mean? Doc trying to put the fucking thing. It's my favorite movie of all time and just him hopping on that skateboard and power of love coming on and just there's just so many great uh music man i know it's huey lewis and he's kind of cheese but uh the, the whole the whole movie and the way that they took those songs and they just tweaked them a little bit if you watch if you listen to watch the third one where it takes place in the old west it's the same score but has a little bit of an old westy feel to it so uh, adam silvestri is the guy that did the music for it. it's my it is my favorite series of movies and if you really think about it like just there's so many him hopping on that fucking skateboard with power of love and shit i just i can't get that. <laughs> you lose it every time right when i was a kid man he was the fucking coolest the fact that he was canadian the fact that i was a kid he was an adult and he was pretty much the same height as me like i just fucking love marty mcfly and that i have a shirt that's a t-shirt that looks like marty mcfly's vest and like shirt and get up that he wears i won a contest at a when they showed it in theaters and when it was the whatever on uh, the 2015 they showed it in theaters and you can go down and answer trivia and i want to fucking talk it, so i love it well, oddly enough my my enduring back to the future member uh, memory isn't even in the movie it's when crispin glover was on letterman and almost karate <laughs> kicked him in the face <laughs> such an ass oh my god they, that was a brilliant moment yeah they didn't put him in the second movie because he was being a shit and he wanted to get paid the same as everybody else so that's why if you watch back to the future 2 they almost make a mockery of him because they have somebody else playing him and he's upside down being carried by something that's in the future he's like oh i threw my back out and he's such a clod that yeah they were actually kind of poking fun at crispin glover for not wanting to be part of things hmm so anyway, yeah, Back to the Future. That's my pick. I did not know that. Good pick. Yeah. I didn't yeah, see that's it coming, but eh, that's pretty solid. I've never seen the sequels to Back to the oh, Future. Are those, are those worth going dude. through? Oh, yeah, I know. The second, the second one was a lot of fun. The, you, the, so. you have to you have to watch them as you have to watch them in uh, as the three. Yeah. Of okay. course, of course. Great. Yeah, it's, great. It's, it's like the, it's it's like all the Star Wars trilogies. You have to watch all three to really <laughs> love them all. You have to watch all nine. <laughs> Star Wars. I, I watched number nine. Three, I watched all cool. Lord of the Rings, all three Lord of the Rings. That's a long haul, but at that the is, end of yeah. it, you're going, oh man, what a great trilogy that was. Yeah. A, f- a funny thing about the Lord of the Rings thing, I don't know what it is. I don't know if you guys do this either, but I have noticed that one of a lot of people do. Uh, one thing that a lot of people do a lot of families do is they watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy over the Christmas break have you ever heard of that no it's like, it's like the new there's Ten like this thing 
there's this there's this thing there's like this whole like I, I've talked to so many people independently so so we started doing that too so we just watched Lord of the Rings but uh, yeah that's just an aside but I, I'm curious to see how many people actually that's, li- that's, watch that's that over an, the Christmas that's another show <laughs> you know things yeah. that we watch things know. that we watch and uh, listen to over the Christmas holidays yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a family that doesn't make a lot of babies I'm just going out on a limb and I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> um, there are there are no families of seven in that family <laughs> that's all i'm saying <laughs> who's up polly's up polly's okay up. um so, so i'm going with ben's type of thing but these are i grew up in the 70s that was my defining era and um i don't have to tell you what the the yeah and so i'm i found a movie here that really hit close to home that i you i could see myself in i could see myself in the characters if they weren't the characters I was, they were characters I wanted to be, and that the movie's almost famous. Great movie. Um, um, great movie. movie. The great tunes, uh, stuff I yes. Like when I hear, uh, I've seen all good people come off a movie screen. I saw this in the theater, like, what is this? Led Zeppelin, The Rain Song, there's the guy that's in the movie, Joni Mitchell, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, David Bowie, Cat Stevens doing the wind in this thing. It's just great. It was written by Cameron Crowe, who was at the time, uh, he's the guy in the movie, William, you know, the young kid that, you know, tags along with this ragtag rock and roll band trying to write a story on them. And I was a subscriber to Rolling Stone magazine. It was kind of like a magazine that helped helped me define what music was all about and gave me that deeper appreciation. And that's what that whole experience in that movie was. Uh, but the the moment of the movie is Tiny Dancer. It's almost become iconic now. Mm-hmm. It's as iconic as Bohemian Rhapsody is in Wayne's world, you know, when, you know, the band seems to be falling apart and they're at each other. And then they have this moment where they're on the bus and the song plays over the PA and all of a sudden they're singing along to it. Funny enough, and it was not Elton John's most popular song uh, in his early catalog, but it became that after that movie, you know. And um, uh, I have to do a shout out to Frances McDormand, who's in the movie, who plays William's mother. And she's having trouble coming to, she's having trouble, she's at odds with what's going on with her children growing up in an era of pop music that's kind of subversive and all the rest and she holds up a picture she holds up the album cover to Simon and Garfunkel's bookends album and she points at the two guys and she says they're on drugs <laughs> you could find two guys that were more squeaky clean and represent an era of purity like Simon and Garfunkel but yeah there you go I, I, almost famous man I mean it was tough there are so many great movies about the 70s and, and kind of my runners up this whole thing and this is a whole different discussion it's all the Quentin Tarantino movies but mm-hmm. uh, once Upon in Ho- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which came out this past year, the soundtrack of that is unbelievable. It's very but- good. Yep. And uh, I, going along just to book uh, to to, ba- to piggyback on what you said, I, Almost Famous is on my honorable mention list. Okay. Um, and and in that vein too, also on my honorable mention list because it, it is an era. It, Almost Famous has that nostalgic, but the Rolling Stone magazine and the music for me too, definitely at my age. And Boogie Nights was another one yeah. that I had a hard time <laughs> leaving <laughs> off because that, that is till this morning Boog- boogie nights is a solid <laughs> yeah. soundtrack walter egan in that movie is just it's perfect it's absolutely yeah. perfect yeah so yeah. i i uh, i'm i'm on board with your pick 100 percent, polly okay. yeah um almost famous for me i i, I experienced it 
almost I, I feel like I feel like similarly to y- to you experienced the music itself when it was out because uh, because you were saying you were listening to it when you were a kid for me this stuff like like almost famous I I came across almost famous at a point when I was just starting to discover that whole era of music I think I might have been in high school or something when that movie or when I finally ended up seeing that movie. Uh, so a lot of the songs that I heard in the movies, like the, my first time hearing some of the songs, um, and it 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 went on to shape my entire perspective on rock music and music in general. So wow. yeah, it really did. Like I went out and got like a Rolling Stone subscription, and I've ha- I'd had it for a really long time um, because I I mean just just it, I fell in love with with rock and roll journalism based on that movie, and it was just a really formative movie mm-hmm. for me as well. Like it's and yeah. it's funny like some of the music like like Simon and Garfunkel you, you mentioned like Simon and Garfunkel I can't remember specifically the song that they put in that America yeah that song that's one of my favorite songs ever and like oh. I heard it from that me movie, too right? so me too just, I, uh, I, I used to work with uh, a contemporary of ours Iron Mike Benson when I was at Hits <laughs> and, Mike, and Mike and I used to work side by side just you know feet apart as he's prepping his show his, he was working outside my office and I said to him I said, have you ever seen the movie Almost Famous and he said no so I lent him my copy of the, uh, of, of the movie uh, on the Friday and on Monday I said so how would you think of the movie he said Amy and I cried mm. after watching this movie because it, it hit it hit here hit the soul hit the heart you know it, Benson like me grew up in the 70s and I never got the copy of the movie back <laughs> I've done that I've lent out a couple of movies oh you should check this out I never get them back because they're so good <laughs> mm-hmm. Polly, when we're wrapped up, I got to go rip a, a picture off my fridge. It's uh, Benson and Brett Ness in Randy Taylor's backyard. Uh, <laughs> the week that Slate sold the station to. Uh, anyway, I'll show it to you later. There's a lot of stories I, I that go into that. La- I, I call that party the Last Supper. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Were you were you there? Were you at that yeah, one? You were I, at that I, one. I I just come back from. That's, uh, you had just come. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. Okay. A lot of good memories that day. Okay. Back to soundtracks. Yes, exactly. Uh, back to soundtracks. So I'm moving into much like kind of what Polly just said with the 70s and growing up. This I was definitely I was a little kid, but my teen years were the 1980s and this caught a definite music movement that I was very much into in the 1980s this music still stands the test of time for me the album still stands the test of time there's a lot of artists on there that I still love it accompanied the movie very very well I had a massive crush on Molly Ringwald pretty in pink is my next Mount (laughs) Rushmore movie soundtrack it is such a great album from start to finish and I I know it it's a it's a polarizing sort of music genre for a lot of people that what they called sort of alternative in the 80s but there's a lot of good songs on this Mm. from Echo and the Bunny Men is on there with Bring on the Dancing Horses Pretty in Pink the Psychedelic Furs song of course Joe Jackson by the way does a duet with Suzanne Vega on that album I don't know if you remember it but it's called Left of Center and it's a great 
Light song and orchestral maneuvers in the dark and do what you do from in excess is on that album. Mm. It's a fantastic album. And again, as the movie progresses, yes, it's, it's sort of that sort of teen rom-com of the time, the John Hughes films with the Brat Pack. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved that whole time. It's a very nostalgic, brings me back to being a teenager, but I just flat out love the music on this soundtrack from start Great to pick. finish. Great pick. Great pick. Is that the movie where the character Ducky does a lip yes. sync on Try a Little Is it Try a Little Tenderness that he does? Yes. Or I can't I can't remember the, the yes. song. Jonathan Hurt, right? Is that his name? John Jonathan who was in two two men in a uh, Oh, John, John Cryer. John Cryer. John Cryer. John, John that's Cryer. It. That's it. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, such a good, great flick. And I, oh boy, did I have a, a thing for Molly Ringwald. Holy <laughs> yeah, mackerel. It's, it's oh, nice. Yeah. It was bad. It's <laughs> nice to see, it's nice to see John Hughes get some love because like it was really hard. Like I didn't have, mm. I didn't put him on my list, mm-hmm. but I really struggled to not like, like I, I was, I basically, because he he does music in movies like nobody other really. Um, he's kind of like Breakfast. You talk Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller. You yep. know all of those movies. He does. Breakfast Club is a good one. So yeah, yeah, it's all so good. I mean, I think I think Pretty in Pink is the best one out of all of them, probably. You mm-hmm. know, um, but it's just yeah it's just nice to see John Hughes get love because he he took great care to put together his soundtracks and you you can tell mm, it's mm-hmm. there's just there's just a consistency across the board with the stuff that he does that's what i really like about it it's not like 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 he has he has his tone for the songs and and they they definitely have uh, they're definitely dynamic as far as like emotionally dynamic but it's consistent all the way through which is i love it yeah, yeah there's a li- there's probably a list of directors that everybody would come up with where you see yeah. f- the film directed by and you immediately think in your head oh that's gonna have a good soundtrack yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know Tar- sure. tarantino is obviously one there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. scorsese yeah. What do you got, Chris? All right. Number three. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah, man. Cool. All right. You're so, up. So, yeah. So, this is actually follows my, this 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 plays right into what I was I was going to say, too. So, there's always, there's always directors um, that take great pains to put together a soundtrack for a movie. You can pick any one of them. Like I was saying, John Hughes is, is definitely up there. If you have a connection to his movies, Scorsese, you know, you talk about, like, Goodfellas and, and Casino and, and uh, Wolf on Wall Street. Like, he's... He's he's made he's he's dedicated half of his career to making music documentaries. So the guy loves music. For me personally, um, I'm going. I like the originality of Quentin Tarantino. I've always been drawn to it. He does things that John Hughes and and Martin Scorsese do, where they they're like tastemakers almost. They kind of create new life for songs that people forgot about. Um, mm. And and they they go on to live on uh, afterwards in movie mm-hmm. soundtracks. And this one was really difficult for me to pick because there's so many movies that he's done um, and uh, that are great. So you got Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction got a go, lot of love on Facebook. I know. Yeah. I know. I I'm gonna go with Kill Bill. Um, yeah. And so so this this kind of goes down the line of original music the whole album was or most of the album was produced by the RZA uh, from the Wu-Tang Clan uh, the reason why I picked this one is because if you go through Quentin Tarantino's career up to that point and I'm not going to get too 
um, film criticy with you, but like you got Reservoir Dogs, which is a compilation record um, that's kind of framed around like the radio, which I love. That was that that, that was my my one B for Tarantino, and then you have Pulp Fiction, which again is another compilation. But with Kill Bill, what's really cool about it is he went from picking other songs to creating songs unique to the movie and creating and 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 move. He he kind of moved on from there's like a growth there like he went from being a tastemaker with other people's songs to 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 creating his own soundtrack for a movie he even went so far as to um uh popularize some some uh, uh japanese the five six seven and it's five six seven eight which is like a band out of japan um then there's a live performance in the movie uh you have nancy sinatra's on there um it's just it, it the I love the collaboration collaboration with the RZA. I'm a big hip hop fan. Um, there's like these echoes of hip hop underneath yep. the entire movie, but it, but but the Wu Tang Clan is also obviously um, very into kung fu movies. Kill Bill is very much a kung fu, a modern take on a kung fu story, and and there's just like this synergy between the old and the new, and the the uniqueness and the the, the originality. It's just there, there's there's no way that I couldn't pick it. It it, it came down to it Good came choice. between it was between Reservoir Dogs and Kill Bill, and I, I kind of had to go with Kill Bill just based on the amount of work it probably took to to create the whole thing. Great. Great. I haven't uh, I, I haven't uh, seen the films, believe it or not. They're really good guys. Man. And I'm a massive yeah, Tarantino out. fan. I have uh, not seen that's the only thing in the Tarantino catalog I've not seen. And mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling in one of these remaining isolation quarantine days, I definitely have got to put some time into watching Kill Bill. Both of them. Watch them both together, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to watch, okay. watch them both together. Boy, yeah, a lot of blood, I, man. A lot of I, blood. Uh, I heard, yeah. I heard, and that's that's why uh, that's not my thing. But I, I mean, there are movies where I can forgive it. And uh, I, I I had a look because this got a lot of Kill Bill got a few mentions, too. And yeah. I had a look at the soundtrack and went, oh, that's pretty solid. Mm. You know, hey, Chris, to your credit. I mean, it was more than just a compilation. It's the way those songs played into the movie. Mm-hmm. And the way yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've forgotten about that. And as you were explaining it, I knew I knew exactly what you meant by it. Yeah. Uh, that's a great pick. I mean, as you say, Tarantino is a completely separate category. We go on and on and all how he curates those lists, but there's something about the way those songs folded into the movie. It's great. Yeah, he's he really elevated it. I mean, there, there's it's it's not to say that other directors haven't done it, but he adds like this this flair to everything that he does, and it really changes the way that you. I think it's changed the way that people approach soundtracks in general as soon as he came onto the scene. But you know, he he even changes it every with every movie. I, it's it never you know like you never know where he's gonna go, but you always know it's gonna be good. That's what I love about it. But yeah, great pick. Okay. Great pick. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, all right. Who's, I got my number uh, my number three here. And uh, Ben picking Pretty in Pink earlier made me feel better about this one because I was a little concerned going into this conversation with uh, three other fellas that uh, I was going to get tripped <laughs> on this one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just rhyme off some of the songs on the album <laughs> before I tell you what album, before I tell you what movie it is. All right. All right. So we've got... I love it, this. I, I love 50s music and I had a lot of trouble picking cool. between uh, Stand By Me and this movie and I ended up going with this one because well because my wife told me to 
Uh, so we've got uh, we've got Hey Baby by Bruce Channel. We've got In the Still of the Night. We've got Love is Strange. We've got Stay Just a Little Bit Longer. We've got uh, Be My Baby by the Ronettes. We've got Time of My Life, Hungry Eyes, and of course, She's Like the Wind by the great Patrick fucking Swayze. I'm going with Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. Hey, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of right up there with, with Purple Rain, one of the greatest mm-hmm. selling uh, things. Yeah, people uh, so love good. that. Your, your wife loves it. I she totally loves it. it. And all my female <laughs> listeners right now are probably like, oh, he has <laughs> And he listens to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. <laughs> he has bubble baths in the morning and he listens to dirty dancing He's drinking oh flavored God. coffee having a bubble bath and listening to sweet you are just you are knocking it you are wearing a cougar mink coat right now uh, mark's gonna be the first sex symbol in podcasting in history podcast. <laughs> He's got his head down, buried in his, buried oh, in his yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. So my, so my, fourth, my fourth pick will completely make up for this one. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right Dirty dancing. Oh. No, that's a good, that's a good one. I mean, I like what's cool about that is it's it's a movie about music. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, like the music drives the bus on that movie. I never really had any connection to it at all until I think I just watched it <laughs> a couple months ago, honestly. Oh, and uh, yeah, for years, and it was honestly like I didn't like it at all. I'll be, I'll say, be never again. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was just like, oh man, like there's way too much thrusting in that movie that I'm comfortable. <laughs> Thrusting, though. That's why it's yeah. called dirty dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's we, like, but it's, but it's like grimy for today's standards. Like, I feel like you watch that and you're just like, oh man, it's a little, it's a little graphic. But anyway, it's, it's, it's not thrusting. It's, it, it's, it's swusting because <laughs> Swayze had a thrust like nobody else. I'll tell you, he, there is no, no, there is no secret to his intentions. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he sang on the album as well. So that's I'm cool. Patrick that's Swayze pretty cool. I'm Patrick Swayze, and you're getting this. <laughs> All of it. All of it. Every bit of the bulge in your face. Uh, it's a good one. All right. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's cool. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you that one, Mark. Sure. No, it's strong. Thank God. I was a little nervous about that one. I, yeah. I had the song list all written out. I'm like, well, at least I'm going to impress them with the songs. <laughs> not, not Swayze's tight leather pants. <laughs> uh, who's that, Polly? Yeah. Okay. My next one. Here, let me just. Uh, I had reached over because I'm gonna. I pulled out a, a, a big box set that I have here. Um, um, my next one's a guilty pleasure, and it's maybe not the greatest movie of all time, but it's certainly one of the most fun. It's one that I watch anytime it comes up on TV, and that's the Commitments. Now, the oh, commi- right on. Now the Commitments is. There's no original music in it, and the story is about uh, a, a, it's set in Ireland. And it's this uh, this guy who wants to be the manager and put together an R and B band, which does the music of Wilson Pickett, Otis Redding, Aretha Franklin, and the rest of them. And um, it may be, you know, how many times the word the f bomb is dropped in Scarface? This movie might rival it. And yet, I've never heard the f bomb said so so playfully as it's done in this movie. So eloquently. So eloquently. Uh, no, not eloquently at all. Actually, it's just fun. So it 
it, it features this, uh, it be, the movie begins with this guy, Jimmy, auditioning people at his doorstep who want to be part of his R&B band. He finally puts it together. The, the, perhaps the, the premier part of this whole thing is the lead singer's guy named Andrew Strong, who does his very best Otis Redding, Joe Cocker um, interpretation of all those classics. And uh, it's just a fun, listen, the soundtrack is like when you hear somebody doing those old classics, it's just not nearly as good. I'm sorry, nobody's going to sound like all those legends. But it is a lot of fun to listen to it. So maybe not Hold Up is the best soundtrack, but it's definitely the best musicalist put together for a movie if you're looking for the R&B experience. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So Cool. Great pick. It's just that's different. cool. It's just different from everything else that we're talking about. Definitely, so, yeah. definitely. But no, solid pick and a good movie too. Okay, so my my fourth entry, uh, and I went chronologically, and I'm stepping into a decade that I I God, I had such a good time in the '90s. Mm, I, know I really going. did. I was in my 20s, and I had a I loved grunge music and the whole Seattle thing. I was. It, this is it. The soundtrack and the music is very much like my Pretty in Pink uh, thing, where it's just that's the music I was into at the time. And 90s grunge, I still to this day, it's one of my favorite music genres. And you look at the cast of who's on this soundtrack, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, uh, Mother Love Bone, Soundgarden, uh, the uh, the single soundtrack is yeah. so good. Really good. Really good. It, is, it is so, so good. The, the movie's okay the the soundtrack doesn't add to the feeling of the movie there's no moment really where you remember a la uh like you remember uh uh nancy sinatra boots are made for walking in full metal jacket like yeah, you remember yeah, yeah. the moment or girl you'll be a woman soon in pulp fiction sort of thing right. where you remember the moment you remember the song. that doesn't happen here but there are a couple of real signature songs on this uh screaming trees nearly lost you yeah is such a great song smashing pumpkins drown is maybe maybe it's right up there with my favorite pumpkin songs it's so good and if you were to ask me, we all have our adoration for Chris Cornell around here. Seasons is my favorite Chris Cornell performance of any mm. song I've ever heard. It's just that it's. Out. Yeah, me too. Oh, seriously? I'm, I'm a huge Chris Cornell fan. I've never Get on the one. soundtrack. Yeah, oh, my right. God, dude. Oh, this, you oh what an oh. soundtrack this is. By the way, you know, I, I mentioned Almost Famous. That was one of my picks. That's a Cameron Pro, Cam and Crow picture, and so is this one as well, too. Oh, it is, yeah. eh? Yeah. Okay, yes. I got to see this movie then. Yeah, oh, the, oh. You know what? Ben's right. The movie is, it's okay. It's great it's okay. Seeing, seeing the guys in Pearl Jam on the, in the movie, yeah. kind of. You yeah. know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they're in a band called Citizen Dick. That's right. Yeah. Uh, um, but the movie's not particularly great. You know, yeah. in fact, if I saw the soundtrack, it would make me want to see the movie and mm. then kind of wish that I hadn't afterwards. <laughs> I mean, that's unfair, you know, but. It's an yeah. okay movie. It's but a rom-com. Great, sound, great mm. soundtrack. Everything you said bang on yeah and guys seasons chris cornell it may become I, i'll i'll vouch for this it may become your favorite chris cornell song it's just it's oh, so huh. good cool so so good as soon as we're done put it in the headphones get it on definitely doing it, doing it. there you go thank you great hey i love what you said there too uh paulie where uh the movie didn't really 
draw you in but just the soundtrack made you want to go see a precisely and that's saying that's saying something you know what i mean yeah like, yeah that does say a lot i love that i'm willing to put so, up two hours of i of i vomit to listen to some good music mm-hmm. <laughs> i vomit is it is that it was the turn? picture of you in the bathtub earlier uh, <laughs> yeah chris you're up yeah, go ahead so this one's a little bit more this one's a little bit more of a, a modern entry as far as the film is considered the songs aren't new by any means um but uh i'm gonna go with my f- final pick is gonna be uh guardians of the galaxy oh so good mm-hmm. thank you for picking that yeah, it had to be done. Um, this is it was hard to do. There's a couple reasons why I really love the originality of the way that they use the music. For one, like from a film perspective, it's not just the music is good and it's fun and it's strange when you consider the context of the movie. It's a space movie, and 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 all of the all of the songs are specifically from a a, a particular era on Earth. So it, it seems a little out of context uh, and weird. But what I really love about the music and the way that they use the music is that it actually represents a character, which is really cool. Like. Right. Like the, 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 it represents a character that you never meet. So they like, which is, um, uh, the main character's mother, uh, and it, but it tells you everything that you need to know about that person. So the more it's, it's just, it's really interesting way to weave music in a creative way into the movie, um, and adding like a different dynamic to the songs that you hear. Uh, it's got hooked on a feeling, uh, moon age daydream. I'm a David Bowie fan, obviously. So, so that, that one was a standout for me. Uh, fooled around and fell in love um, and one of the other things that I really liked about Guardians of the Galaxy is it got people excited about movie soundtracks again like yeah. like the awesome mix volume one I don't I can't tell you how many friends of mine went out and bought that even the vinyl of it there's something about the excitement around this soundtrack maybe it's because it was a character of its in and of itself in the movie and the movie was so successful but like I've never seen I can't remember the last time I've I've seen um, friends of mine like like of my age and and younger go out and and buy a movie soundtrack and and I think that in the spirit of something like this it is kind of revitalized um, the movie soundtrack for a whole new generation of people um, and yeah so so it made it a lock also the songs are, are pretty dope so great pick man yeah great pick thanks thanks great pick okay. you know it's the idea. It, 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 the, the idea of the mixtape is in the movie and it, you know you funny how you see things in other movies I don't want to say they copy the concept but I noticed with the mixtape I've seen it in a number of other places and I kind of go ah aha there's mm-hmm. this movie uh, a, a TV movie called Sharp Objects with Amy Adams in it I'm not sure if you've seen it but she's a, a troubled investigative reporter she's got a lot of issues she's an alcoholic as she's trying to sort of who killed who in this movie and in her car deck is led as a led is a Led Zeppelin soundtrack and it's really well curated and it plays right into her her own character and that, that's what I love about the way you sort of say this is more than just a compilation the way it talks about a character that you mm-hmm. don't see uh, also this is this crazy movie or this crazy TV show called Stumptown with Kobe Smulders and, and she's driving around on a beat up old she's got a beater and she's got a cassette in the car that can't eject 
and sometimes it plays and sometimes it doesn't and the weirdest and it, it kind of sounds like a lot of the songs that might be in uh, Guardians that comes up on this thing at the most inappropriate times that's but a neat a, little recurring thing in a storyline actually yeah, yeah. It, that's it, a neat idea neat. the other thing in movies by the way in a set of a side trip here is that you see a lot of movies where people use typewriters Nobody uses a typewriter. Yet it's in like, I can give you probably a dozen movies, there's a typewriter in it. It's like, why is there a typewriter? You know, mm. because because tapping on a computer in some of these movies just doesn't work for them. Anyway, Fair I enough. digress. Cool. Who's, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Sorry, I mean, Chris and I, we were talking earlier, had a big uh, debate about animated movies, and he had picked The Lion King earlier. I would say that that's a fantastic pick and i don't want to get into uh i mean unpeeling the disney onion because they're all mm. so good and uh i mean my my little brother was probably chris's age when uh, he was watching those movies so for anyone that has uh, has had a younger sibling or has kids in the house you watch the same movie 50 fucking times in a row so yep. you start to you start to appreciate the music and you start to really like the music that's why you have to look forward to it yeah yeah i had said uh, my, one of my picks might you know get of an honorable mention would be moana for for disney soundtracks because the ro- the rock singing is fucking fantastic but anyway <laughs> yeah. i uh, i actually decided to go with a different animated movie uh this is one that i saw in theater and uh, I can still tell you every lyric of every single one of the songs. Um, some of the songs from this um, soundtrack are Up There by Satan. Uh, Kyle's Mom is a Big Fat oh, Bitch yeah. by Eric Cartman. Ah. We've got uh, Uncle Fucker oh, by oh, Terrence yeah. and Philip, And uh, last but not least, Blame Canada by Kyle's Big Fat Bitch Mom. Uh, I'm going with South Park Bigger, Park, Longer, and Uncut. And uh, part of the reason is, like I said, the music is just... If you actually can get through the lyrics and just listen to the music, I would suggest to everyone to check out Up There by Satan because it is an absolutely fucking epic song, uh, along with the animation is just, it's, it's second to none. Uh, those guys were actually nominated for an Academy Award, Matt, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, for, for that movie and for the, uh, the music. And when they showed up at the Academy Awards, they were both on acid and they were both wearing <laughs> dresses. Uh, that yes. is why I have chosen Legendary. Bigger, Longer, and Uncut as my fourth and final pick. My favorite, my favorite part of that whole movie was when Kenny beats the shit out of the guy who loves dirty dancing. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to. Oh, that is an unbelievable pick. That is that, that could be that's that could be one of my pick. favorite picks. Yeah. That could be one of my favorite picks of the whole day. Oh, that's a that. solid picture. So, shut your fucking face, so Uncle Walker. I had that as a ringtone. <laughs> on my phone for a while and I remember being at a friend of ours for their uh, little one's birthday and I thought I had my phone on silent and it started to ring and it was like you heard the beginning like shut your fucking days and there's some Canadian content why did you call me uncle fucker because you fuck your uncle in fact uncle's quite like you Phenomenal. Well That's played, really sir. Well played. Yeah. Uh, ah, yes. Well played, sir. Andy Frost. Ah, yes. Indeed, uh, sir. A solid pick. There we go. Polly, what's up? <laughs> That's so good. That's good. 
Paulie, what do you got? Well, for my last pick, I, I've been I've been changing it all along here, and I'll just throw <laughs> that I, that I kind of went through. Um, mm. Talking about space movies, I immediately thought of 2001: A Space Odyssey. Uh, it's not a, it's not an original movie score. It's a more a compilation of classical music plate pieces. But I had never heard of this thing called also Sprachzustrata, and it plays such a great part of that thing. Um, also, my list here because uh, I was a kid. And I mentioned this for the first time we got together is West Side Story. Uh, the 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 two that I'm really kind of left with here, and I'm still looking at them, and I don't know which one to to nominate. Mm. Um, this is Spinal Tap. That's that's so. Um, I was a I I was I was a music director at a station in Toronto at the time, and this record crosses my desk, and it was at the time when metal was huge, and you know, in amongst the Scorpions and Judas Priest record comes this Spinal Tap record. Like, Who's this? <laughs> band and i opened it i wasn't smell the glove it was a compilation smell i opened it up glove. and it has all their has all their previous albums the artwork is right on and i and i put it on and it sounds like shit like i said <laughs> said what is this what is this and i say shit in a in kind of a glorious kind of way because i wasn't queuing i said it's dumb I mean, big bottoms. <laughs> Talking about mud flaps, my girl's got them. So I, I literally, I literally tossed it away. I said, "This is just shit." It wasn't until I saw the movie that I went, ah. and it was like the best aha ever. You know what I mean? And I so hear you. It deserves mm-hmm. to be mentioned here, musically. And now it's like now when I hear big bottoms, oh yes. Um, the movie I'm going to go here is go with here is is kind of flawed it's not necessarily the best movie soundtrack but i had to put it on here and it's high fidelity good one too yeah john essentially it's it's essentially what we're doing here it's a bunch of guys making top five lists (laughs) and what songs belong and what songs don't belong it's that deep 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 dive into songs and music that counts in our lives things that are going on in our lives and it's the soundtrack to our lives and it's also the soundtrack to this movie jack black's performance at the end of the and then the so movie good. is great it, it's such a great movie maybe not the best soundtrack but what it represents that's why i'm putting it up on my list of four here great yes. high fidelity yes now, so, anything, yeah. anything written by nick hornby you should read it's great his, it is his, yeah uh, no yeah he's great i read I, i've got a bunch of his stuff we have yeah. come to we've come so here here are our mount rushmores these are solid i've got easy rider saturday night fever pretty and pink and singles paul's got purple rain almost famous the commitments and high fidelity chris has lion king star wars kill bill guardians of the galaxy and mark gets the eclectic award this week <laughs> blow back to the future dirty dancing and south park yeah <laughs> Honorable, honorable mention on my uh, on my list. Yeah, to, real uh, quick before we wrap. The, the Wizard of Oz. Um, my daughter. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's over what eighty years old, and my two year old daughter loves the Wizard of Oz. Like, loves cool. the Wizard of Oz. And if you think it stands the test of time, they're all great. Judy Garland's got probably one of the most beautiful voices at that moment in her life <laughs> um, when that movie was being made. The songs are just, it's such a fun, fun movie. And uh, I mean, great soundtrack. Who else oh, has yeah, honorable yeah. mentions that they want to get out of the way? I got a couple. 
Yeah, um, so I was going to say this is Spinal Tap. Like, that was one of the ones that I was fighting to put on the back end. Um, that movie is just one of the, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but the other one that I really wanted to do, and, and I actually bumped it uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy, was the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. So good. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's, it's just because it's like a good example. Like, I, I, I was trying to go through categories, of like genres of movies, and I always really interested I'm always really interested with comedies like what they choose to use to make things funnier and like you know it's just a it's just a classic example of 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 interesting choices like they have like Nick Cave on there and like some really weird ones like to make like Nick Cave is one of the most like dark gloomy dudes you can imagine and and they they somehow turned they they put that in a red right hand into <laughs> Dumb and Dumber and made the song funny somehow. Like I don't know. There's just something <laughs> yeah. between like the the two the two things um, that that I like the 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 contrast between what you see on screen and 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 the song specifically that made it funny. And I thought that was interesting. But um, yeah, that's all I got. I've I've got a handful. Just I know we got to wrap. I got a handful of ones that I just want to mention that I struggled with. Almost made my yeah, ra- yeah. Mount Rushmore, but didn't quite. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Hardcore oh, logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in terms of That's '90s music, too, yeah. I struggled between singles and 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 the Crow. I the Crow, the Crow a is a solid soundtrack. Uh, Judge uh, uh, Judgment Night. I'll throw into that '90s list as well. Where it's got good. fucking Onyx and, and bands like that. I don't know if anybody remembers an animated movie '90s, late '80s called Cool World. Yeah, yeah, with Kim Basinger. That, Yes, that had a really <laughs> yeah. solid soundtrack, and then two Bill Murray films almost made it: The Life Aquatic and Lost in Translation. Both had wow. really, really yeah. good soundtracks. Really good. I, I love The Life Aquatic. That, that's one of my, I listen to that to this all the time. It's a actually. great film. Um, Queen Bitch, Queen Bitch by Bowie is the closing credits, and it's yeah. just it's so so well done. Got to give Top Gun a little love yeah. too. Top Gun. I'm just going through the Facebook posts, and I, there's a lot of here. There's a lot here. Days and Confused uh, was one yeah, of them. That's a good um, one. The Matrix is 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 yeah. a, is a really popular Lots of rage one. In there and, yep. Yeah, Wayne's World is another one that I think you know that that's just a fun one, kind of kind sure. of in the vein of of. Uh, um, you know, high fidelity because it's a movie about music. Right. Uh, another one that almost made my list too is Apocalypse Now, and um, MJ Scooter <laughs> mentioned that one. That that's, that's just, solid. Full Metal yeah. Jacket for Vietnam films too. That was a pretty solid soundtrack. Oh God, yeah. So uh, somewhere down the road, when we do another one of these, I'm not saying next week, but I wouldn't mind as an offshoot of what we just did doing um, our. If it's a Mount Rushmore or whatever, I don't care. But uh, 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 songs that are so synonymous with a scene in a movie. In other words, the scene would not be the same were it not for this piece of music. Mm. Yep. You know what I mean? Because yeah, there's like a, what, there's a, what song is playing during the chainsaw scene from Scarface, for example. I don't know what song there, it is, yeah. but that's pretty fucking iconic. There you <laughs> go. Roy Dobler holding up the boom box uh, yeah. with In Your Eyes. In Your it. Eyes. That's a good one. So. By the way, yeah. the story behind that whole thing is that when they actually filmed that, uh, they weren't playing Peter Gabriel. They're playing some death metal band through that boombox. 
No way. <laughs> they had they they were still negotiating with Peter Gabriel for rights to use it in the movie, and it was delayed. And they said we got to film this scene, so instead they're playing this just raging motherfucking loud music. <laughs> as he was trying to get Ioni Sky to you know fall back in love with him again. That's, That's a so great good. story. I didn't know that. The the only, my only contribution right now before before we wrap to the to the the songs that make the movie is Eye of the Tiger for Rocky. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know that there's, yeah. Or you're, that's you're the, first you're the best around from Karate Kid when he starts going <laughs> that's crazy. Great. Yeah, you're the best around. <laughs> Tom Cruise sliding, Definitely. sliding in his living room to uh, yeah. old time rock and roll. Right, yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of those, so we so can probably much. have some fun with that somewhere down the road, no yeah. doubt. All the pi- all the pilots from Top Gun playing uh, volleyball, listening or to this is the boys. No, playing with the boys. No, just me. <laughs> just, just, just me, I guess. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the bath, guys. Uh, I, yeah, I was gonna say you need to take a you need to take a cold bath now. Boys, have a great week. Holy yeah, thanks guys. as always. That was fun. All Cheers. Right. <laughs> thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.